When okay. people tell me they don't have time, I'm like, bullshit. Exactly. There's there's 24 <laughs> hours in a day. Elon Musk is running like 12 companies. The For, for me, my prime time was 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. I was always working on the side hustle. I was always working on real estate at that time. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., that's four hours a day. Five days a week, that's 20 hours a week, 80 hours a month, 960 hours a year. That's 5.7 weeks you've created. You've created a month and a half if you just get your butt out of bed and work from four to eight. Mm. Or if you work six to eight and then an hour at lunch and then an hour in a car on the phone. Create the time. If you had two Mm. more four-hour blocks, you've created two full months of time. So don't tell me you don't have time. You don't have time. You don't lack time. You lack commitment. Mm, you don't want that's it. Right. Ladies and gents, this is Mike Kedley. We are back. Another great episode on the Headley Group Real Estate Show. Listen, and when I say great, I'm talking about phenomenal. No shots to the past guests. But this brother right here, who we got, listen, the real deal, right? You have you have investors, you got real estate professionals who talk about the game. They got they got some properties, some experience, but listen, this brother right here is going to enlighten you. He's going to give you life experience. He's going to give you professional experience, all kinds of experience. Sit back and just listen. Really, I got to probably ask him about three questions. He's going to go. <laughs> uh, let's give a warm welcome. Like I said, we're going to go into his resume. A warm welcome to Mr. Maurice Phila Jean. Make sure I get that correctly. You got it. Bro. With uh, Quattro, Quattro Capital. Yeah. That's right. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I ain't want to mess it up, man. Uh, we good, man. We good. Uh, man, uh, Maurice, listen, man, uh, this brother here, you all, is, when I say a powerhouse investor, and I'm talking about literally, wa- watch how you listen to his life, which I really admire. Maurice, let the people know the beginning stages of you and your investing journey, right? We want to hear yeah, it, brother. Man. Talk to us. I'll talk to you. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm... I'm- just because I always go against status quo, I'm going to start okay. at the end because I okay. think it's relevant. And the end, which is today, um, I'm 47. I'm out of the W-2 world. I retired from all three of my careers. I'll touch on that. Um, and I was, let's see, I'm 47, out of the W-2 world. I retired from being a senior executive at a global consulting firm called Accenture. I was there for 25 years. I'm very grateful to them. Uh, they hired me right out of college. I was also in the military, lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. Uh, my career field, I was a federal agent. So think NCIS, but the Air Force's version of it. Mm. Federal agent for 22 years. And then I was a street cop in Maryland, just outside D.C. for 15 years. The reason I'm here and able to confidently say that I have a lifestyle I don't need a vacation from is because when I was... 15 and then 21, two things happened that put me on this very 
what I now understand is unique, but it wasn't unique to me because I was going through it, but this very unique journey. The first incident was when I was 15, my father, and we're Haitian immigrant family, my dad sent me to France to spend 30 days with the exchange student, Matthew, who came to stay with me in Boston the previous summer. All right. He came with me in a formal program. My pops just sent me over there. He's like, get your, get your ass out of the city. You're going to mm-hmm. go over to France for 30 days. This is in 1990. So mm. there's no cell phones. There's none of that. Mm-hmm. When I get there, Matthew's father, father, Francois says to me and Matthew in French, like, get your ship, get in the Range Rover. We're, we're going to drive around the country for 30 days. And, uh, you, you know, black kids wasn't really trusting white people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like it, it, just, <laughs> it. it was new to me, so I re- didn't uh-huh. really understand what this man was trying to do. But mm. what he did for me changed my life, Mike. Mm. He opened mm. my mind to the understanding that the world was a lot bigger than Boston, Massachusetts. Mm. That the world was a lot bigger than the symbols of wealth that every Yo! MTV Raps video was trying to tell me was success. Mm-hmm. I had... French food, went to French funerals, French wine, French weddings, French Boy Scout, French girls, French weed, French countryside. Brother, it changed me. And I had emotional reaction to that trip. So I'll just leave that there. I wrote a journal on that trip. I still don't know to this day why I wrote a journal, but I did. And some of the things I was spitting off in that journal are pretty profound for a 15-year-old. So I was really going through something on that trip. Mm -hmm. When I hit 21... I had just graduated from University of Virginia, which is how I got to D.C. Um, I did ROTC for the military, just needed money to go to school. I played varsity football, and I was doing mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. I get out, and I get hired by this firm, Anderson Consulting at the time, but now it's called Accenture. And I Mm -hmm. randomly found a book in New York City. I, I was in a Queens, New York City bookstore, and I found Personal Finance for Dummies. Remember that yellow series of books? That's it. I remember that. Correct, correct, correct. Dog, I just picked I, I just picked it up because I was like, um, I'm messing up. I'm, I was starting to get a little messed up in credit cards and things of that nature. Bottom line is I read that. I started working on my finance, finances, and I found a passage in there that said passive income. Mm. I started researching it. I went to the library because that's all we had back then was the library. And something clicked. And this is what sparked my entire real estate entrepreneurial freedom journey. When I read that passage and started to research on passive income, it clicked to me that we had the ability to divorce our need to be anywhere Mm -hmm. from the ability to make money. You don't have to be somewhere to make money. Money can just come. Mm -hmm. And if I could create money, then I could create time. Passive money, then I could create time. If I could create time, I could go back to France and have more of those experiences. Mm. And that's why you see me traveling to 100 countries over 350 times. And that's where the entrepreneurial stuff came from. I started chasing passive income because I wanted freedom. And freedom became my North Star. And that's how it all started. So passive income, that mm-hmm. that, that message there resonated with you so, so much. Oh, God. Yeah, big time. Your first purchase was a condo. And yes. another condo. Yeah. What made you go that route versus a single family home? I understand it now, but what I'll tell you is you just accept the cars that are dealt to you. Mm. So I bought a place to live in 2002. That was just for me to live. Okay. 
you remember back in the 2000s, that was the boom cycle, especially okay. in the DC area. Mm-hmm. That condo appreciated 30 grand in three months because the, 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 the same one next building sold for 30 grand more. Mm. I called my pops and I said, dad, this condo sold for 30,000 more. And he said, well, you just made $30,000. What? <laughs> you, I just made someone's whole salary in a transact in a potential transaction. Yep. So I knew condos cause I had bought one. So like, then I just started buying more and more and more. And I met this broker. I can't remember her name. She has to be passed now because she mm. was in her seventies at the time. Mm-hmm. And she gave me the best piece of advice to change my life and change the trajectory of my family. And mm-hmm. that was Maurice, don't go chasing the big fish. Like every other real estate investor mm-hmm. go instead of buying the big dodo egg, go ahead and buy 12 dozen little ones and pay them off over time. And it stuck with me because I could create a salary. And if I could create a salary, which is passive, then I could live a life my way. That's how it all started. I just happened to start on condos. Mm. And you, from from what I've I've read, you know, like I said, watching your interviews, yeah, you got up to thirty two. I oh. I got up to I I'm pretty sure I had more than thirty five single family homes. Okay, thirty five. Gotcha. Transactions, okay. but the okay. number I rested on was thirty five single family homes and condos. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, I got I systematically paid off some of them, so okay. some of them appreciated in value. Uh-huh. Then I had cash flow. Then I had my checks coming from Accenture. When I became a street cop, I had my checks coming from that. I had my checks coming from the military. Whenever I would find money, it would go right to real estate. So if I had a tax return, if grandmama gave me a hundred dollars for my birthday, I didn't care. Everything was going to pay off stuff because of what that broker told me. And she warned me. She told me in her own way that it's going to feel slow. And then you're going to see other people doing more pizzazzy stuff mm-hmm. to not get off track. And I didn't. So by mm-hmm. 2014, I had the 35, I sold a bunch of them and I found myself with 18 paid off homes, uh, generating wow. 160 grand of passive income. Wow. Wow. That, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, it was a lot. It was, I mean, it was, that's, that's an enormous amount of grinding, probably one of the most inefficient ways to get to that level of passive income, but it doesn't matter. It worked. I don't care about inefficient. I care about real. Okay. Okay. So would you, with the knowledge you have now and the experience, would you go back and do the same exact way or would you tweak it a little bit? It, it depends. Oh, no, I would never change my own journey because it led me okay. where it led me. But for other people who are trying to get a certain level of passive income or experience mm-hmm. or what have you, real estate is very goal oriented. Mm. If they want to be the person who's actively managing the property, those properties might make sense. Okay. But if they want to gain as much equity as fast as possible, I'd probably steer them to multifamily the way that I do now mm-hmm. and let them build up, you know, 500 a million, 1.5 million in equity and then take the 1.5. And then I would tell people to go buy single family homes outright because you can control that better. Nice. Exactly. Everything and, to me is about passive income. Like it, this notion we need 20 million in the bank to be free is stupid. Okay. No, what you need is five grand, 10 grand coming in monthly to cover your basic needs so you can go out there and live your way. Mm, that's it. That's it. Yeah. What, so what would you say to a person? And I think you kind of, you kind of answered it. Yeah. That's assuming a lot, a lot of debt with the single family homes and not taking the approach of, and let me try to pay some of these down. So if I got $900 coming in, 
I'm not owing $700 out paying the mortgage. I only made a profit of 200. What, what would you say to that? See, brother, this is that's the thing. We we can't say anything to that. Okay. Because people's okay. goals are very different. Different. At the Got beginning you. of my journey, I was leveraging loans. You remember there was zero percent down. Yeah, exactly. Loans, no <laughs> exactly. Loans. It's a good time. Yeah. It was loans for loans. Loans uh-huh. and loans. But it was just crazy. <laughs> exactly. Loans but it was loans. it was that leverage that got me to a point where, you know, I had thirty five to fifty homes or something like that. I was leveraged. I had leverage. Okay. I had a W two. Okay. Two and three very strong W two, so I had leverage to get whatever I wanted. But something happened. The two thousand eight crisis happened, mm. mm-hmm. and man, when I tell you I got hit, because I was young in the game and I had never been okay. through a real estate cycle, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many homes I have. Two thousand eight, maybe twenty, mm-hmm. and half of my tenants stopped paying. Mm. Now I had, I had maybe a hundred grand in the bank liquid. Okay. I paid mortgages with it, but that ran out really fast, really okay. fast. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I negotiated with like 20, 25 banks. I was on the phone. I was hustling. I was unwilling to file bankruptcy. I was unwilling to give up everything that I had worked for all those mm-hmm. hours on the weekends, all the days Correct. of not going out with the fellas, all the missed social events. Mm. And I negotiated my way out of the problem, and I survived the 2008 to 2012 crisis via a couple short sales. I think I had one or two foreclosures or what have you, but I repaired my credit. I did everything well, and I found myself again in 2014 with 18 paid off homes. I I made it through. Mm -hmm. Leverage got me there, so I can't just be like, nah, pay everything off. Okay, okay. But this is what I will tell you. When is is enough enough? Mm. When is enough enough? Because if mm-hmm. you do have a certain amount of asset base and you continue to leverage each one to get to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, you're not going to get anywhere. There has to be a point where you start to enjoy it, right? True. And what I Fact. tell all my coaching students or my business partners or anyone who asks me about real estate, this is the key. And not just for real estate, but for financial freedom and for, for financial freedom, for geographic freedom, the way I travel around the world and the way mm. I connect with people. The key is use real estate or any other asset for that matter mm-hmm. to get your basic needs covered. If mm. you've got four grand in bills, get yourself to five grand of passive because your world opens in a way that you could never understand. Mm-hmm. See, people mm-hmm. got it confused. TV <laughs> taught us that we wanted to be millionaires and billionaires. Social That's media. not what we really need. Correct. What we really need is the ability to have the experiences that we think millionaires and billionaires have. So if you've got all your bills covered plus an extra two grand to be around the world or go hang out with Mike or run up to New York City or roll over to Finland the way that I do, mm-hmm. you're living the dream. But everyone's mm-hmm. chasing the twenty, thirty, forty million dollar number. Nah, man, it, it's not. It's not millions. It's thousands that we need to live well. Exactly. What? So now, what? What kind of? We go back to the actual individual. Yeah. You was disciplined enough. And did you have a mentor coach at the time? Or no, yeah, was, yeah. you the didn't have it? The mentor coach was aisle six of the Fairfax County. So, <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. it. Right. Because every time, because now you get so many people say, I need to have a mentor coach. Now you got Amazon, Bond, you know, you got Barnes and Nobles. Go read, pick, yeah. pick up a book. Yeah. Um, a person who doesn't have that discipline mm-hmm. to, to, uh, 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 to say, like you said, when is enough is enough. What Mm -hmm. advice or suggestions would you give them? 
There's a great book called Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. Mm. I recommend that book to people because what Bill explains is something that I knew but could never articulate. That the true, one of the true purposes of life is to build experiences, to have experiences all over the place. And if we're constantly chasing more and more, to me, that's more and more is the thing that's been killing people, especially in the United Mm. States for a long time. We are Mm. consumers. This used to be a production society. We're a consumer society. We just keep buying stuff. We want the next thing, the next look, the next car, the next, the next investment. Oh, mm-hmm. 20 to 30 years of formal education has taught us to act a certain way. You and I mm-hmm. are going to go into, um, uh, like the corporate world and we are going and we compete with each other. We compete with our peers for mm-hmm. this title, the executive vice president mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. That, well, that happens in the real estate space too, because you see somebody who has a thousand units under management or owns a thousand apartments. And in your brain, you're like, well, I can own a thousand. Well, now that person owns 2000. Now I'm going to go own 2000. Now that mm-hmm. person owns 3000. And what I'm telling you is it, it will inevitably get people in trouble from my mm-hmm. perspective, because okay. what they're doing is chasing a status. They're not chasing a purpose, right? Great point. Once you... Once you have the purpose of why you're going after this real estate, some people don't need, you know, 2000 units like I have, they just might need two or three to generate four or five grand of passive. And they move to Thailand or they move to Alabama or they move to Indiana and they, Mm. and they live and you get to plug into planet and earth as intended. Mm. The chase for more keeps messing people up. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say on the going after more and okay. You know, when you have the ability to pay down mortgages, like I I have large real estate now, but every time I sell a piece of real estate, I am typically paying something off. Mm -hmm. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to scale back a bit. Mm. Okay. Um, We dived in because I want I'm going to talk about the traveling all these different countries. We talked about the residential piece. Yeah. What was the pivotal moment to say, okay, well, it's a residential thing. I got it, but let me transition to multifamily. Oh. This is what I mean. When you have enough money to cover your basic needs, you start Mm -hmm. to realize that realize that life was never about money in the first place. Mm. Because when that 160 K was coming in and my basic needs were covered, it's not that I just unplugged from the world. I started to realize that just the same way we press repeat in the corporate world. And we feel like we're in a rat race and all that type of stuff Mm -hmm. that happens in the entrepreneurial space as well. I was pressing repeat on the single family. I, I was doing it well, <clears throat> but I wasn't learning anything. Mm. It just got boring. Like I was buying a piece of property, a, a property, plugging it into my system, giving it to the property manager. Great. Okay. Maurice is worth more money. So what? It, I just wasn't learning. So in 2015 or 16, this is why Facebook, I know Facebook and Instagram listen to us all the time. I must've said something because some ad showed up in Facebook about a multifamily seminar. And as soon as I saw it, I immediately knew that's it. Mm, I want to go learn how to do something bigger and better than myself. I don't want to be at the top of a mountain. I don't want to be the smartest dude in the room. I need constant learning. That's Mm -hmm. why I had those multiple careers. I got up to the top of the IT mountain, if you will, as a senior executive. And I went right Mm -hmm. back down and I started being a street cop so I could learn something brand new. I got Mm -hmm. up the street cop mountain. I came right back down and now I'm doing some stuff in media because I want to learn something new. 
And it was no different from multifamily real estate. It's just that I wanted to learn something new. And I'm very good at doing and course correcting along the way. I don't have much analysis paralysis. Um, and, you know, here I sit, right? I did eight multifamily deals with me and one other person. So it was just kind of like trudging my way through. It was not uh -huh. easy. Uh -huh. My uh -huh. first multifamily was a mobile home park. Okay. Um, but since 2020, when I formed Quattro Capital with four other partners, we've done 30 apartment complexes together. Mm, nice. And then now I'm developing real estate overseas too. So it was a, brother, it was a shift of like, it wasn't about money actually. It was, I got I to gotta learn something new. And then once mm -hmm. I realized that I could do more with multifamily and the scale of it, then I realized I could help people do my single family journey to financial freedom, but way faster. Mm. It had a purpose mm. to it. So mm -hmm. it was easy to make that shift. Are you looking for a real estate brokerage to help you buy or sell your property? The Headley Group Realty is here to assist you with that process. We also hire brokers to join us and give them the best training and mentorship, leading to a great office atmosphere and an attractive commission structure. Our goal is to show home ownership at the highest professional level and empower the real estate business. If you're interested in buying or selling your property, visit www.theheadleygroup.com or call us at 336-904-6212. We look forward to partnering with you. Would you say a person just who's looking at this podcast and yeah. getting inspired in what you're doing? In your case, you had the extra capital or to say I'm transitioning or what if somebody says, let me not go with residential straight into multifamily. People can what does that look like? And, and, and then the second question with that yeah. is do one person or two people own multifamily or is it a collection of people? Yeah. So on the first question about money, <clears throat> I didn't go into multifamily because I had money. I went into okay. multifamily just trying to learn a new skill. Learn a new skill. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. There's no, you don't have to have money to start in real estate. It's all a zero down. Mm. You don't have to have money. It's true, but you do have to have skills, especially people skills, because you're going to have to raise money from other people and express to them the value that this thing is going to give to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so when I, like, I just closed the deal. It was 38 million. We raised 17.2. So it's 240 unit complex in Houston. Okay. $38 million. We raised 17.2. We can probably get that complex to be worth 65 to 70 in the next five years or something like that. Nice. But I had to raise money. Now, I didn't necessarily, actually on that deal, I did put in some money. But in in, in it, for most deals, I'm, I can't put money into every single deal because... Lenders require you to have a certain amount of liquidity as one of the general partners. If I put money into 30 deals, I'm running out. Like there's no way. Correct, correct, correct. Exactly. <laughs> but I had to raise money. So people coming into multifamily, it's not that you have to have money. It's that you, you have to have skills. skills. You have to have gotcha. the ability to build a team. You have mm -hmm. to have the ability to talk to people and express how investing in this multifamily will not only help them achieve financial freedom, but will also help the residents who need a better improved affordable housing in that mm -hmm. city. So there's a, there's a talk track that goes with it. There is a genuine understanding from a heartfelt perspective that goes with it, but money is not a requirement. Uh, sacrifice and, you know, hard work is. Mm. And when you say uh, 
like I said, you have you don't some deals you don't put money into it to it yeah. into it. You know, you raise the money. Is it more or less you you guys work on meaning quadro capital? I want to mess the word up. The yeah. asset management side of it, the property management side. What piece or role do you hold in the in the collection of money? The syndication yeah, so piece of it. Multifamily operators in general, and when I say operators, I'm <clears throat> I'm talking from the perspective of we are. I'm a I'm a value add investor. Okay. People don't realize that apartment complexes need to be renovated every seven to twelve years. If mm. not, every apartment complex would still have floors from the sixties and linoleum from the eighties, and they, mm. the, the stock has to be renovated. And mm-hmm. you want an investor like me to renovate it. You don't want the government doing it because that's called projects, right? That's right. You, 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 <laughs> that's exactly. why the government gives me tax breaks to go to go do this uh, to go do this work. But the roles, at least on my team, uh, Kim is the asset manager. Okay. Asset management is not just property management. It's managing mm-hmm. the investment from beginning to end. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. There's asset management. Aaron and I take care of investor relations. So I'm the dude that all the investors call. I love the fact that every single investor has my phone number and calls me for any reason. I can't always mm-hmm. get it, but I'm, I'm usually on top of it. Elon mm-hmm. Musk has a lot of my money in Tesla, but the brother is yeah. still not picking up the phone. when I It's their phone, Elon. <laughs> yeah, man. He doesn't, he, yeah, he's not picking it. up my call. I made him chicken uh-huh. dinner. He ain't showing up. Uh-huh. But my investors call me. And then Chad, my uh, my other partner, he runs acquisitions. So out there looking for properties along with some other people that support that area. And then we have one more area by um, run by Tammy. That's called operations and transitions. So effectively, like uh, when the property, when we have to deal with the loans, uh, all of our LLCs have to be maintained. It's all the mm-hmm. internal operations. Internal, okay. stuff. So there are lanes. And it's not like I just snapped my fingers and we had a company. No, we invested in a business coach to help us pull it together the right way. Mm. Our uh, lanes of operation. How are we going to operate together? I'm at a different age than my boy, Chad, who's 33. Tammy's in her 50s. I shouldn't say an age. Tammy's probably in her late 40s and 50s. Like we have different goals and value systems. So we need to kind of mesh together to create the right company. Mm. Uh, So we invested in that process, but... Um, but yeah, there are different, there are different roles and responsibilities for sure. And no one steps on each other's toes. Like you said, everybody has different lanes. In general, we don't step on each other's toes. That's Mm -hmm. why I know that I got fortunate and sometimes Mm -hmm. luck plays a role. And the Mm -hmm. the role that luck played in this case is I happened to run into these four people. We happened to do a deal together and that closed in January of 2020. And we realized that when we started that deal in October of 2019, it was was our first deal, $3 million dollars. It was seamless. Mm. We were all like hyper supportive of each other and good people, Mm. people, persons, if that makes sense. We also all had a sense of, uh, I am not interested in being anywhere near the gray. I don't want no illegal shit. I don't want Mm. the accounting. I I like that. I I need to sleep at night. Yes. And maybe that comes from my days as a federal agent and my days as a street cop and stuff, but more so my days from my father whooping my butt if I lied about something. Right. Mm. And because we were all like minded, we stayed together, man. And, you know, we we just we have grown individually and as a family. And I'm I'm grateful for that. We've done about. About two hundred million dollars of real estate together. Mm. Wow. Kudos to you on that one. Yeah. You 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 mentioned uh, a while a, a while back during the interview. You mentioned skill set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
what would be the skill set that you would suggest the individual needs to, 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 to grow in order to make their business profitable that aligns with their personal goals? Man, there's a lot of skill sets, but I would say that the number one is knowing your why, mm. or why you're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you just do it for money, you will eventually fail. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it, man, but you know, like you get on Instagram, people, oh, I, I'm about to make this money. You'll, you'll, you might make money. Don't get me wrong, but at some point, you're gonna trip up because money's your goal. Mm. I I chased money for a little while in 2006, 2007. When I was doing all that condo stuff, I started um, buying off plan. So pre-construction condos in DC, luxury condos. Mm-hmm. And like you would sign a contract for a condo that was 225 grand. By the time the condo was built a year and a half later, it was worth 400. Like I was mm-hmm. making hand over fist money and it was too easy. So what did I do? My ego got ahead of me. Okay. When a particular condo came around, it was a penthouse condo smack dab in the middle of Northwest DC. And you Mm. know why I went after that condo? Not for freedom. Not for cash flow. For prestige. Ah. I wanted to be the dude that owned the baller penthouse in the middle of the city and be able to say that. And because I did, I overpaid for it. I got smacked upside the face by the 2008 downturn. Mm. It crushed me. I had to sell that thing at a major loss and all because I was chasing a status. And you recognize that later on. I mean, I recognize it later on. I mm-hmm. course corrected and I started mm-hmm. going back to what that realtor told me, which was like fundamentals, secure your basic needs, mm. cash flow. And then now with multifamily, it's I'm doing multifamily to help people who need affordable housing, to help my Mm -hmm. investors who typically would never know about something like private placement or these alternative alternative investments. I want them to know about it. I got police officers who invested. I got nurses. I got teachers. And they would never know about this stuff if it it wasn't for me. Like that makes Mm. me feel good that I'm helping them grow their wealth in the way that I am. That means I'm not going to chase something just for the sake of chasing it. Mm -hmm. I got these Mm -hmm. people to take care of. That's right. But if you just chase money, okay, eventually you're going to make a mistake because you're not going to see all the risk around you because you're going to be so fixated on the damn money. I'm making money as a consequence of trying to help people. And I'm mm. I, I'm not being pious. I'm not being pie in the sky by saying that. I am literally making hand over fist money because I'm more interested in helping people, but the money comes as a byproduct of doing right by people. Mm. That it gets me to transition to, yeah. I'm glad you, you mentioned Foss. They, they have to know their why to, 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 to get yeah. that skills, skills built. I, and I heard you mention this on another podcast, but we got to let yeah. our audience know. Tell me about the productivity pyramid. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on that, brother. Let the people hear that. I will yeah. tell you about the productivity pyramid. It's something that was taught to me by a coach. And it's something that I live by. Um, and it is the last time management tool I will ever need. So if you imagine you have a pyramid, Mm-hmm. I wish I had it up on my wall. But if you imagine you had a pyramid, at the bottom of the pyramid, it's brown. One level up is light green. One mm-hmm. more level is dark green. And the top is gold. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, status quo has us living in the brown and the light green. The brown, this is, this is in relation to your goals for life or goals for freedom or goals for your family. 
the brown stuff is just garbage time. It's low or no value time. It's nothing. It's mm. death scrolling um, social media. It's binge watching Netflix. It's even going out to the bar with the fellas who, frankly, they were in your life for a season, but you keep holding on to them. That is brown time. And not mm. only are you hanging out with the wrong people, you are also spending $200 of money that you could be using to save for a down payment for a piece of real estate. That is brown time. Mm-hmm. Okay. When people are like, oh, I don't have time. Really? <laughs> How much are you spending you. in the brown? The light exactly. green time is the stuff that we have to do, but it doesn't have an enormous amount of value. And the idea of light green time is that you should outsource it, eliminate it, or automate it. Mm. So light green time for me was opening mail. I got to do it, but I got 900 pieces of mail that's coming in r- relative to all my business and businesses and personal life. It's mm-hmm. taking me 45 minutes a day. Mm. That's ridiculous. So I automated it. It all comes to an online interface now called Earth Class Mail. No mail shows up at my house. I can pick up this laptop phone, go to L.A. tomorrow where I'm going or go to Puerto Rico on Monday where I'm going and I can just log on and I can see my mail. I automated it. Mm. But other things, I will eliminate it. Right. I got Mm -hmm. rid of all the junk in my house that causes me time. I have a cleaner who comes to clean the house. I have someone who mows the lawn. From a business perspective, I will not walk to a branch of a bank to go sign a document so I so I can wire money. That should be automated on my cell phone. So instead of spending two hours with that nonsense, it should be two minutes on my phone. So I left a couple banks because they do that. Mm. All right, and then I'll move up the rest of the pyramid real fast. Dark green, which is the upper third, is where we should be living. Okay. It's this. It's making meaningful connections with people that will lead to something. In our case, we're trying to educate Whoever will listen on something that might help them. That's dark. Exactly. Green. Dark mm-hmm. green for me is the high value time. It's the most spending time with his investors and they invest half million dollars to do something. It is the, uh, when I do my coaching calls with my, um, coaching students for lifestyle design, I'm generating revenue during that time. That is mm. dark green time for me. I want to live there. I want to, if I am doing something like, having a phone call with someone, I really want it to be in the dark green. If it's in the light green or the brown, either my virtual assistant should be doing it or it shouldn't be being done at all because mm. my time needs to be spent in the dark green. And mm. then the last one at the top of the pyramid is what everybody misses. That's the gold time. That's gold the reason time. that God put us on this planet in the first place. That's the plugging in. That's the shit that makes you emotional. That's my two kids spending time together yesterday and I shut everything down so my face hasn't been... Sh- shaved in in three days we forget so as i've gotten smarter i have moved my time up the productivity pyramid whenever i do an activity or if somebody calls me i think to myself if i answer that is that going to be brown light green dark green or gold interesting wow if it ain't dark green or gold chances are i'm not doing it (laughs) i got you in other words i've gotten very good at saying no Mm. to stuff that doesn't serve me my family my god or my business Love that there, brother. Um, right now, again, we you travel the world, you said over 300, 300 times in so many different countries. Yeah. Where are you now, brother? <laughs> I'm in good old Washington, D.C. Oh, you in D.C.? You're home. Got you. Yeah, DC. Man, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I was in Germany last week, uh, Cyprus and Lebanon the week before. I'll be in L.A. tomorrow. Monday is a good one. I'm taking my 10-year-old, and we are going to Puerto Rico because my 10-year-old is in uh, Spanish immersion. Okay. So the deal is we're going to land in the city, 
when I'm traveling on my own, I do walkabouts all the time, meaning I just plop myself in some part of the city and I just start walking. I walk okay. in and out of businesses. I meet people. I kick it and learn stuff. So he's going to do that. He's going to be the leader of it so he can practice his Spanish. Right. Okay. Got you. And the reason why I ask you that is I'm going to bring up another old one. Uh, yeah. Travel hack. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, so you, you go, you travel all these different countries. If you yeah. don't mind telling people about your travel hack, uh, uh, so this way I mean, I'll explain it. the concept and the art okay. form. Travel hacking is an art form. It's not a science. Okay. It, it's not a. It's not an exact thing. But obviously, mm-hmm. people will think about you know uh, creating points with an airline or um, using credit cards and things of that nature. Yeah, that's true. But what I have learned to do is to make the world very small. And I, I literally just made a post about this on LinkedIn this morning. I said, um. I was in Germany last weekend because the Walmart weekend run wasn't going to cut it. I didn't want to be, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to Walmart and Costco on a Saturday. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I travel hacked my way to Frankfurt for 24. It was, I think it was closer to 36 hours. I just flew from DC to Frankfurt. Cost me around $200 all in. Mm-hmm. I went to my favorite pub that's in this square, sat there, had a bra, read a book, talked to a couple people. Um, when I, Here's a here's a thing in travel hacking. When you land in a city, don't order Uber. Mm. Or if you do order Uber, get that person's phone number. Because what that does is you have someone to call every time you go to that city or every time you got to go to one particular place, they'll come pick you up. You build a relationship with the person. Mm-hmm. If I could go to 30 countries in the world right now, somebody will come pick me up. Oh, wow. I just know a lot of people. So mm-hmm. travel hacking is not only, it's not just traveling on the cheap, it's traveling on the cheap in the, for the most amount of comfort with the specific intent of building the best relationships that you can. So you can extend your world, not visit theirs. Mm-hmm. Like some people mm-hmm. go to Walmart on the weekend, I fly to Germany or I fly to Finland, I fly to Stockholm. There's no, it's no different for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the good thing about uh, well the great thing I like about your um, your story your experiences Maurice is you literally and again I want to speak for you you put in so much work early on yeah. didn't really have an kind of an idea what the future was going to be but some somehow from that hard work propelled you into a situation where you have so much freedom because you put in the work a little early and I think a lot of people. Uh, 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 they suffer from that, right? It's like they they, they say they want to really want this, right? And, but they really not don't want to really put in the the extra efforts and what it takes to make it happen. Um, uh, I just want to give you kudos on that. I just you, just re- I, looking I, at your story. I, go ahead. I do want to add something to that because I don't uh-huh. want people feeling like they got to go out and have two thousand apartments like this. Okay, correct, this. correct, no, correct, no, correct. No, 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 hell no, f no, okay. stop that. <laughs> no stop. right. You can, and even if you don't want to invest in real estate, then don't. Mm -hmm. This is what I spend time with my coaching students now, helping them redesign their lifestyles. I'm much Mm -hmm. more of a lifestyle design coach actively more than being a real estate investor nowadays. But we live in the post-COVID era, Mm -hmm. which means you can work virtually, which means you can develop a lifestyle you don't need vacation from, but it takes intention, Mm -hmm. right? So when I say I went to 100 countries over 350 times, like 60 of those, I didn't have any money. 
I didn't have any money. What I had was a virtual job. I asked my career better questions. I gave them a solution to support, not a problem to solve. I created a role by which I was virtual and that I could work in 12 countries around the world. I created that because I could give an F about climbing the corporate ladder. I was more concerned about collecting experiences over time. Mm-hmm. I created mm-hmm. the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have enough money. In you know what that is? That is peers, coworkers, neighbors, family members, all throwing their fears on you, telling you you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't be a senior executive and a street cop at night. It's impossible. Really? I did it for 15 years. You can't build real estate and be an actor at the same time. Really? I was on HBO and in a couple of Disney movies. You can't, you can't, you can't. Really? Black people don't do that. Really? Mm. Black people don't go to the Finnish Arctic five times. Really? Mm. People are accepting status quo, brother. And that is my gripe. And when you see me talking like this in such a forceful manner, and it's not intended to be like, oh, he thinks he has it all figured out. No. Oh, I get it, brother. I got like it. Yeah. I want people to grab life by the damn balls and go right. live. Stop mm. accepting other people's definition of what you are supposed to be and create your own. That's right. Now, when mm-hmm. you have economic empowerment, the way that you and I are talking about, Correct. then it's getting real saucy. Because mm-hmm. unless you're my God or my father or my mother, nobody's telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. they do mesh together, but there are ways to create a freedom-based lifestyle beyond, oh, I have to have real estate or I have to have all these things, but certainly it helps in a big way. Let me ask you this this question here. Um, What do you say to people? And again, I'm not a man of excuses or or, or rationale, but you got the brother, and I'm talking to our people, about our people. You got the brother and sister who don't, see the model mother father brother sister uncle who owns anything right mm-hmm. they work they and this is what they've been raised in this kind of environment not saying that they can't get there but it may be a little challenging because they've never seen this before yeah, i get that right? i get for that. the level of success so they take on kind of what they see yeah. you know go to school get a job and work work 30 40 years retire what kind of what would you say to that to that person how to overcome that i i feel them because I was them mm. I feel, and I feel myself getting a little emotional. I feel them because I was them. Uh, I come from a Haitian immigrant family whose money blueprint was go to school, get a degree, get your master's degree, work hard, press repeat. My mom right. and daddy weren't wrong. That's what they knew. Mm. So to break away from that, those two experiences that I expressed to you traveling to France and then finding that book, it stirred something in me that made me go seeking something. I was in aisle six of that damn library every Saturday Mm. by myself. There were times when I would sit in the library because you couldn't bring no food in there and I didn't have a lot of money where I was like, F it, it's just water all day. I was trying to figure something out. So what I would tell people was like, my why was freedom. Like something about the word freedom and the ability to do what I want, when I want, how I want, was appealing to me. And that that is not a money thing. That is a, mm-hmm. let me figure out this life thing because we only have 28,000 days in the average lifetime and I have 10,500 and change left. I don't have time, okay? So when people are saying, uh, this is too hard, you know, choose your hard, man. Oh. But, I, but, I, but I do, but I do 
recognize and feel people on the awareness thing until mm-hmm. you see a model of it. Mm-hmm. It's like the Roger, Roger Bannister thing. Mm-hmm. He ran a four minute mile and it had never been done before. And as soon as he did it, everybody was breaking a four minute mile. Mm-hmm. So when I became a multifamily investor, I didn't see any brothers doing it. So one of my mentors, this guy named Jerome Myers, challenged me to start being on podcasts in 2019 to start spitting all these stories. He's like, yo, you claim you want to help people. You claim you became a street cop because you was trying to help people, but you're not telling people your story. You're wrong. He mm-hmm. challenged me. So the reason mm-hmm. I'm on this podcast with you, you're not paying me to be here and I have things Correct. to do. I want to give people some level of model I'm not saying do what I do, but what I'm saying is you can do what you want to do. You can Mm -hmm. live the way you want to live if you put in the time. And I will add this one last thing. When people tell me, this is the one thing I will push back on people. When people tell me they don't have time, I'm like, bullshit. Exactly. There's there's 24 (laughs) hours in a day. Elon Musk is running like 12 companies. For for me, my prime time was 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. I was always working on the side hustle. I was always working on real estate at that time. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., that's four hours a day, five days a week, that's 20 hours a week, 80 hours a month, 960 hours a year. That's 5.7 weeks you've created. You've created a month and a half if you just get your butt out of bed and work from four to eight. Mm. Or if you work that's it. six to eight and then an hour at lunch and then an hour in a car on the phone. Create the time. If you had two mm. more four-hour blocks, you've created two full months of time. So don't tell me you don't have time. You don't have time. You don't lack time. You lack commitment. Mm, You don't want it. That's right. Quick commercial break. If you're interested in a career in real estate or you're a seasoned vet, you might want to change. New environment. You don't like the atmosphere you're in. The Headley Group Realty could be there to assist you with your career. What do we offer? Great culture. Great environment. Leads and an awesome commission structure. Let us be there to support your business. One thing, you got to be in the state of North Carolina. Let's get back to the show. I'm the last person to say I don't have time when I was a senior executive, a police officer, and a federal agent at the same time while I was doing real estate, while I was raising an autistic older son and then Mm. added another son 10 years ago. I'm not the guy to say you don't have time. You have time. You're just in the brown. You're using it in the brown. Move up that productivity pyramid and pay attention to the green Leave the fellas out for a little bit. That's Even right. in the corporate world, I stopped going to networking events. I had no mm. interest in climbing the corporate ladder. The networking mm. events was stealing four hours of my time because at five o'clock, everybody was going to the happy hour. What am I doing here? I need to go home and read another book and then make a phone call and do a deal on the weekend. Why are we That's chasing right. someone else's definition of success? Mm-hmm. Great. I can kiss someone's ass and get a $40,000 $40, raise. I got that. But if I go home and read two books, I can do one real estate deal and get a $40,000 raise. I want that. That's it, it, brother. That's how I ran my life. By the way, corporate wasn't bad. It's just that the way people are leveraging it is bad. Mm, Gotcha. Corporate's not bad. The nine to five is not bad. How we leverage it is bad. Listen, ladies and gents, let me tell you something. This brother right here, you you heard it, right? Asked him four or five questions and he went. Story's (laughs) remarkable. Uh, Maurice, brother, thank you. Like I said, thank you on behalf of the Headley Group Real Estate Show, the audience. Uh, hopefully, we can get you back real soon. I know your schedule is tight. I'll put a message out there early so we can get you back. Uh, brother, we ask every guest two yeah. quotes, two golden nuggets. 
whether it be a book, scripture, quote, like I said, you literally gave us hundreds of golden nuggets, but give us two good ones, book, scripture, quote, and, um, and, and let me know. I think you, brother, you went out on me just now. Are you, no, no, no. Who, I'm who here. I was turning okay, okay, around okay. and looking at my, um, okay, gotcha. <laughs> my list of principles that I follow Princi to see okay. which one's most appropriate. Okay. But yeah, go and give it to us. The, the first one is something that I have lived by and I didn't learn it from anyone. I just kind of adopted it over time, which is to just do and course correct along the way. Mm. People are getting so stuck in analysis paralysis. And I'm not just talking about real estate deals. I'm talking about designing their life or starting a second career or I don't know, even going after the girl or whatever. Like we don't, we're so worried about other people's opinions. It's stopping us from even get going on stuff now. That's right. right. Mm. So when I did do the real estate stuff, it was just, I, I just tried it. I, my first real estate deal beyond the pla the first place that I bought, but the first investment deal that I bought, I talked to that broker. I went to the library, got a book. I brought it to the closing table and I just did what it told me to do. Mm. I signed the closing document. I closed the book and I walked out. Just do in course correct along the way, find a way. Um, the other thing I would probably add there, I think a lot of people want to figure something out, um, add a second career, maybe even leave their brick and mortar virtual jobs and work, excuse me, brick and mortar jobs to work a virtual job, but they, like my company doesn't do that. So I'm just not going to do it. Sure. Oh my okay. God. People, what's happened, people will accept a blocker to their life dreams and just not overcome the blocker. That's it. It's just a problem. So define what the blocker is keeping you from going there. And if it's something like, well, my company only allows people to work in the office or in the country, mm -hmm. then present them a solution that they cannot refuse rather than a problem that they need to solve. Mm. Both of my employers, when I wanted to be a corporate exec and a street cop at night, I got them to both change policies internal to support it. Okay. I wanted it so bad because for some reason, my childhood dream was to be a street cop because I wanted to be that brother that was doing right by people in the local mm. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I was making hand over fist money in corporate six figures. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go make 50000 as a police officer. I wanted it that bad, but I found mm. a way to do both. And that's because I presented solutions to both of them that they couldn't refuse. They signed off on the secondary employment. And for 15 years, I lived my dream as that brother, that street cop that I was doing right by the community, the guy that everybody calls. I've been gone almost two years, and I still have shop owners calling me. Wow. Yeah. Stop wow. that, man. Present a solution that people can support rather than a problem that you, oh, I don't know what to do about this. Well, you're making people work for you. You do the work, Correct. present the solution, and let people accept it and support it. Mm. It is, ladies and gents. Like I said, Maurice Philogene, again, this brother dropped so many on us. Again, we will. I'll be watching this episode several times because there's so <laughs> many nuggets that he dropped to me. Listen, we want to thank you all for being part of the Head of Good Real Estate Show. We ask you like and subscribe and continue to support. And Maurice, thank you, brother, for being part oh, of the show. My pleasure. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for educating people. Thank you for giving people information that will give them a chance, especially brown and black folk. And I'm I'm positive about my community. These are just things that we was, at least in the 70s and 80s and 90s, no one ever told us. We didn't <laughs> know. All. 
So mm-hmm. for someone like you who looks like us to put that kind of information out there, that's why I show up because we can help somebody change something somewhere. So I'm grateful you would even let me come on to be a part of that. Listen, brother, thank you. And again, we'll, we'll see you all next time on Heavy Group Real Estate Show. Hold on, Maurice, I'm going to wait. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. You all take care. All right, so Maurice, this is all I want you to do. I'm going to jump out the shot. If you can say, uh, hey, my episode is dropping, which it won't be this Thursday. Hey, my episode is dropping this Thursday on the Heavy Group Real Estate Show. That helps me out with the promo, okay? Yep. My episode is dropping this Thursday on the Heavy Group Real Estate Show. All right. All right. So, hey, what's up, fam? Oh, 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 oh. I was gonna do the countdown. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. Hey, what up, fam? This is Maurice Philogene. My episode is gonna drop on the amazing Headley Group Real Estate Show this Thursday. I hope y'all come and listen. It's gonna be a burner. Thanks a lot, brother, on that. So, uh, look at real no another. No, I'm getting you about three or four minutes. Yeah. What would you suggest, kind of? Uh, on on my side, I don't want to buy them on single family, right? Even though I see them, I'm like, damn, I want to get one. But I want to get multi-family. I've been to Rod Khalif courses. I've been to, been to yeah. uh, two or three of them conferences. All of them are real helpful. But just to be honest, sometimes my antennas go up. I've read several books on far as I was like, should I be a sponsor? Should I try to do this, but I I'm not versed on that. So let me go in as a limited limited. I guess Have you partner, but as an LP yeah. Yeah, say again. Have you gone in a deal as a no? I have not, but yeah. want to be a part of something. So, but I don't. But my trust factor is, oh, you know. So. Well, okay. So th- that's the do and course correct. So okay, course correct. My the, the the what I didn't say during the interview was the first first multifamily deal I ever did. I invested in somebody's deal. Okay, I'm um, okay. A brother who was from the Air Force. That was enough for me to generally trust him, and I got to a point where I was like, "Fuck it, like here we go." Correct. Okay. That hundred grand turned into two hundred thirty grand in eighteen months. It turned into how much? Eighteen months. Two hundred grand. Two hundred wow. grand turned into two hundred thirty grand. So I made one hundred thirty cool. grand profit. Nice. That's okay. not the. That's good, but that's not the biggest part. What was biggest the biggest part, part okay. was exposure to the process, understanding the subscription agreement, the property placement memorandum, mm-hmm. also understanding how they communicate to investors while a deal is moving what is happening with renovations repairs and things of that nature. They were absolutely terrible. That gave me a model that I would never, that I knew how not to be with my investors, even nice. though they made me money. I'm so off put by that, that I would never go back to them because I okay. could never get any information. Right. Okay. But I would say investing as an LP gives you exposure such that you fun, you know, you get a better understanding of the deal or how deals are, uh, put together structure how the business plan is put together the webinar and if they're a good operating crew like a quattro capital you can reach out to them anytime with questions and things of that nature and then you can figure out if you want to do it on your own if you want to do it on your own the key is going to be putting together a good team good team because the first eight active multifamily that i did two mobile home parks six apartment complexes it was rough it was just mm. me and one other dude mm. there's too much to do Multifamily do. is not passive. The income that comes off of it is passive. But running okay. it is a lot. It, it's a lot. Got you. So, so, you know, I, getting exposure, I think, is a good thing. And then if you like it, then you just got to find the right people to do it with. And you're just going to have to jump. You just got to do a deal. Just do it. Are, are you all open to new investors? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we have a deal okay. now. 
that Houston deal that I just articulated, $38 million one, I think there's like 500 left of the $17.2 million. That's an option. But we have deals and, coming around all the time. And what's the dollar amount to the minimum someone can invest? Usually 100. Usually 100. Grand. But we okay, let 100, people okay. in for a little bit less if it's their first deal and they want to kick the tires and okay. all that type okay. of stuff. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So in any kind of way, if there's an interest, do I reach out to you or? Yeah, just hit me up, brother. Hit me like, up. Okay. I'll, I'll email you in a second. Throw my Please. cell phone number in your cell phone. I'll, I'll Please. Yes, in. brother. Yeah, I like just that. Send yeah. me a text. I, I, dude, I love this stuff. You, I don't know okay, if it, it comes across, but man, I, shit. Yeah, hit me up. And, and the reason why I said it, brother, because you'd be surprised. I hate to say this, but when it comes to us, some of us, when we get a certain statue, it's like, talk to my assistant. <laughs> You're no. here. So can I, tell you something? can I tell you something? Yeah. yeah. This will show you, and then I got to run, but this will tell you. Okay. I refuse. The reason why all the investors have my phone number is because I refuse to put a VA or an assistant in between me and the investors. Mm. Now I tell them we're getting bigger, so it's getting harder for me to return calls Correct. fast, but I will Correct. always return them. I okay. want people who are invested in Quattro to be as close to their money as possible. Mm. I understand that we can get bigger if we do more systems and things of that nature, but I didn't get into this to make a gazillion. I didn't get in this to put a my name on the side of the building and call myself the shit. Nah, the fact that I talk to my investors all the time, do you know how much they teach me? And mm. how much business opportunity? These dudes are doing, dudes and women are doing other things in the world. Mm. I got investors Correct. who are in Denver, an investor who's in Switzerland who invited me to his house. You own restaurants too. That probably came yeah. from some of that as well. Relationships yeah, got that you. Helps, it, that helps sometimes too. But, um, but yeah, you got to get the right crew because you're not just investing in property, you're investing in the operator's ability to run it. Gotcha. Let me ask you this last question. I'm gonna let yeah. you go. Yeah. Do you ever, um, do you like you in DC, like say if I'm in DC, I say, hey, yo, let, Philly Jean, let's catch up. Are you, yeah. you open for that? Come on, man. Yeah, I don't know, where, where, where I don't at? know, brother. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm in North Carolina. You're I'm in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. I'm in the, which is it's the triad, which is Greensboro, hour from Charlotte, hour from Raleigh, right in the middle. We got a we have a small property down it. Where city is that? Damn, hold on, it'll come back to me. See, man, we have too many properties. Just Charlotte, Raleigh, Greensboro, Fayetteville, uh, Wilmington. Damn. I can't. It, it's okay. not coming. Concord. To me. We have a property okay. somewhere down there outside of okay. Greens. It, no, outside Raleigh. Greenville. Raleigh, okay. Outside yeah, Raleigh. Street. I'm down there yeah, from yeah. time to time, man. But if you coming up brother. this way and you give me enough notice, brother, I'm, I'm usually around. Yeah, because I was up there actually about two weeks ago. Yeah, you know, okay. I, I, I love yeah, D.C. Man. I love D.C. I'm up there a lot, man. You know, when I graduated from college, I ended up staying and running my businesses here. So, but yeah. Yeah, brother, I, I'll do that, man. Send me an information. And again, brother, thank you again. I'm going to be okay. in touch. Hit, you know, hit me up. And when, when after you guys edit and all that type of stuff, can I get a copy of the raw footage? And my yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't, yeah, I make sure Devontae get it to you. I got you. Okay. All right, man. I'm here. Thank you, Just, brother. I'm going to send you an email now. Lock my number in and then send me a text. Will do. Thank you, brother. Right, Take man. care. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, gang. I hope you really enjoyed that show. Our guests provide us some great tips and insight. And please support them on all social media platforms. And while I'm saying that, support us on all social media platforms. And don't forget, watch the entire video on YouTube. We'll see you next time.